Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day, two disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you're walking along? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place here in these days? And he asked them, What things? And they replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. And moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels, who said that he was alive. Some of those who were there with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with the Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When Jesus was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized Jesus, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was walking with us and talking to us on the road, while he was opening to us the scriptures? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how Jesus had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Have you ever had a brush with fame? Now, I'm not talking about waiting in line to have someone sign a book, Jimmy Carter and Anne Lamott, or attending a live taping of Oprah. I've done that too. Now, I have a friend that sees famous people all the time, recognizing them at the airport or at the theater or when walking on the Meg Mile. The only famous person that I've ever unexpectedly rubbed elbows with is Senator Al Franken in the Minnesota Pride Parade. I had my picture taken with him, but he was pretty easy to recognize when he was marching with all the other Minnesota Democrats. Now, recently, I heard a story about an American couple that had a brush with fame, but they had no clue that they were in the presence of royalty. The couple was on a hiking holiday in Scotland when they met Queen Elizabeth 
and her protection officer, Mr. Griffin. They were in a picnic area along the hiking path, taking a rest. And during their conversation, they asked her where she's from. <laughs> I live in, no, sorry, I live in London. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth replied, but I have a vacation home nearby that I've been visiting for about 80 years. <laughs> the couple's like wheels started turning in their head and they replied, oh, well, if you've been coming up here for 80 years for that long, then you must have met the queen. And she very quickly responded, well, I haven't, but Dick here meets her regularly. <laughs> the couple still did not recognize the queen, and they asked her to take a photo of them with the man who regularly meets with the queen. Now, thankfully, he took photos of them with her, too so that once they got home and showed photos to their friends and family, they might realize just who they encountered on their journey in the Scottish hills. Now, I wonder why they didn't recognize one of the most recognizable people on the planet. Perhaps she was dressed differently than expected, wearing muddy hiking boots or a scarf wrapped around her head instead of a crown placed on top of it or maybe she wasn't carrying her signature handbag. But more likely, they didn't recognize her because the encounter was out of context. You would not expect to see the Queen of England hiking in the same foothills as other travelers. It's highly unlikely that anyone would come so close to royalty without being vetted and invited to stand in her presence. It's no wonder, really, that they didn't recognize her. In the resurrection story that we read this morning, there are two followers of Jesus who have left Jerusalem and are heading home to Emmaus. And they they know Jesus pretty well, and yet their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And one of them says, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know what happened here in the past few days? You see, he was a stranger, not recognizable. And it certainly never occurred to them that he might actually be Jesus, the one that they had been talking about as they walked along the path, the one that they were grieving over because all their hopes had been lost when he died, the one that they had heard stories about from the women about his body missing from the tomb, the one whom the angels had said was alive. All of it was confusing and unbelievable. You see, they were not expecting Jesus to walk alongside them. So when they did, they didn't recognize him. Something similar happens in each of the resurrection accounts. Jesus is present, but he's not immediately recognizable. Mary thinks he's he's the gardener until he speaks her name. Thomas doesn't recognize him until he touches Jesus' wounds. And these travelers don't recognize him until he breaks bread with them at a family meal. Frederick Buechner, in a sermon on this text, said, I believe that although the two disciples did not recognize Jesus on the road to Emmaus, Jesus recognized them, that he saw them as if they were the only two people in the world. And I believe he also sees each of us like that, too, I believe that, whether we recognize him or not, 
or whether we believe him or not, or even know his name. Again and again, Jesus comes and walks a little way with us along whatever road we are following. Mm, I love me some Frederick Buechner. The risen one meets us along the pathways of our life, shows up unexpectedly, and walks right alongside us in our own grief and despair just as he did with the Emmaus travelers. We might not recognize when the Holy One is in our midst, but he still recognizes us, calls us by name, invites us to look at his wounds, and breaks bread with and for us. We are not just hearing and reading this story about something that happened to other people long ago and far away. The same amazing things, the wonderful works of God, are happening here today in our lives too. And if we open our eyes and see, then maybe our hearts too will burn within us. Each week in our liturgy, we are invited to experience the real presence of Jesus in the breaking of the bread. The travelers on the road to Emmaus didn't experience the risen Christ through physical evidence or through their vast biblical knowledge. But when Jesus took, blessed, broke, and gave the bread, their eyes and hearts were opened, and Jesus was made known to them. It's that same pattern, took, blessed, broke, gave, that was used when Jesus fed the 5,000. The same pattern, took, blessed, broke, gave, when he shared a Passover meal with his disciples the night before he died. And in the liturgy that we use today for our communion meal, the same pattern once again, took, bless, broke, gave. In many of the stories we have in scriptures, Jesus is often going to a meal, at a meal, or coming from a meal. Meals shaped the gatherings of the early Christians, and meals at the Eucharistic table continue to shape Christians today. Here at this table, we see Christ blessing, breaking, and giving bread, his very body, for the life of the world. And as we eat and drink at this meal, Christ is made known to us in the most mysterious and wondrous way. As we leave this table of welcome, love, and grace, we are emboldened to open our eyes to see the Holy One in our midst. Will we recognize Jesus in our neighbor who is sick or hungry? In the one who is grieving, anxious, or angry? Will we recognize his presence when everything is going great and there is much to celebrate? Will we recognize him in unexpected people and places? Maybe. I hope so. I pray that God will open our eyes and hearts to recognize the brush with fame that we experience regularly with the risen Christ. Amen.